Hello, my name is Francisco from Espacio Tech, a computer museum based in Argentina. You are listening to the Steam World Magazine podcast. All right. Hey, hey, sup, word, people. It's Hello. Cast the scene world. Exactly, exactly. AJ, we're here. And Jörg, coming back from Germany, having a, a voice sounding coming, like total crap. Coming back from Germany? like, like, like Sorry, you, you... sorry. Uh, Gamescom, Gamescom in yeah, Germany. Yes, yes, yes. Gamescom in Germany, having a voice like crap from... Um... <clears throat> from screaming at people. Screaming, <laughs> five days. <laughs> to a very loud environment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one of our next episodes will be the Gamescom special edition. As usual. I look forward to this one. It yeah, like last, time. Year, last year the team didn't want to do it. But I think next uh, this year we will do it again. We do it every year. Didn't, didn't we do it last year? No. Nobody wanted to do it. And I wasn't present. I was like, okay, then we don't do it. Oh, okay. Which is a shame because it's our most successful episode. Yeah, it's. I, I like those episodes. Looking back at the, uh, I don't like yeah. editing them, but that that's that'll be on you guys because you you were there and I wasn't. So yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna do that edit. Anyway, I wrote down some news before Gamescom. So one of those news would be that. Um, the winter is new old has been archived and Sarah and Sarah opened a new blog to replace it the yep. Commodore blog so it's going basically back to the back to the roots yep yep because because before vintage is the new old it was Commodore is awesome yes. so we are going. 180 degrees, we are going backwards to its roots. Um, so the URL is commodoreblog.uk. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. That's cool. Um, that. Yeah. That's a. And also. It's a good thing because that it's a great receptacle. It's a great place to find information because, um, I mean, that's, you know. I, I, maybe you guys are listening to us for your news, but we get a lot of our news from places like this. So, exactly. you know. But it now... <coughs> Sorry. Good, good grief, my man. Are you all right there? Yeah, well, as I said, <coughs> throat issues after Gamescom, very normal. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, well... But um, now only Commodore <coughs> centric. Yeah. Um, this this actually works well because throughout most of the interview that we're going to be doing with the Chernobyl family in a minute, um, yeah, my true. dog is my dog is coughing in the background. So so this this blends very nicely into into that. Awesome, awesome. So now Jurg will be coughing through the intro. My dog will be coughing through the interview. There's just coughing awesome. all around. People are gonna be people are gonna be in their cars just choking to death. Oh, listening awesome. to us, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> other news: Linus Tech Tips released um, a video where they test the customer support of their sponsors. 
which is very interesting. They had a whole thing where Linus Tech Tips uh, stopped producing any videos for over a week. That's another thing, yeah. Um, by um, Gamers Nexus, by yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah. they got accused of doing all kind of shitty stuff, mm-hmm. not being accurate at all. Right, right. And, and, and then and... Madison, their, their former um, social media manager, accused them of being harassing female workers and stuff. Yeah, and they they yeah. uh, actually um, changed things now. They changed things. Yeah, Linus stepped down as CEO. They put somebody new in place. Uh, uh, but, but that was but that was before. That I thought was that was already no no that, no no, no, that, no that, that happened right before right before all this other stuff happened. Exactly, but that was already that is not connected to that. Oh, okay, okay, and then yeah. and then they basically have spent the last. Week and a half. Weeks, yeah, week and a half um, figuring out how to fix exactly the the problems in the in the uh, yeah in their system, which is but but the new, new CEO was not appointed because of that. That was before because Linus was having a burnout and didn't want it to be the boss anymore. I under, I can understand that. Yeah, that's a. Uh, It's a it's 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 rough to as 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 you and I can attest. It's rough being the 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 face and and um, organization and everything else for something. And I mean, we are a fraction of the size of Linus Tech Tips, but but I think we've both burned ourselves out doing this at some point. Well, luckily, I'm not the face anymore. Especially at Gamescom, you could see in the recordings that Dennis is, is mostly besides me in all mm-hmm. the interviews because now he is the face. Yes, Dennis is awesome. Uh, I think you still are um, largely um, sort of the 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 you know the top one of the top yeah you know, the top guy. But um, yeah, when it comes to public relations yeah. and being the the face, that that's him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one bit of news here, which is that Vintage Computer Fest uh, Festival West 23 happened on August 8th. That was a couple weeks ago now. Um, there's a bunch of videos that are available on the Oasis BBS. We'll put a link to that in the podcast description so you can see what that looked like. Um, looks a lot like the Vintage Computer, Fe- Computer Festival East. Um, but, but in the West. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Okay. Next news. Dr. Maria has been ported to the C64 called Dr. Maria. <sighs> okay. We all know why it's Maria, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, it's nice to have that ported as well. Is it a direct port, or is it like a Gianna Sisters port? It's a direct Dr. Mario port. So it's 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 pretty much like, like when they, they ported Super Mario Brothers to the 64. Exactly, just, just being female instead of male. Okay, okay. 
I was going to say because because there's two ways of porting it. There's one where in which you you pretty much rebuild all the code, you know, like 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 you re, you implement it exactly as it was implemented in the original thing as best you can, which is what we have with Super Mario Brothers and and I believe um, Sonic was also like that. Um, and then there's another way in which you just basically um, make a new game that looks like the other game, which is the Gianna Sisters approach. It, it doesn't say. Okay. It doesn't say. But it looks like the NES version. It's very, very identical to okay. it. Yeah. Well, cool. I mean, it's, it's not such a big of a game. That it would make it different. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are lots and lots of clone games of that already. Because no, just the concept... No, not for the Commodore 64. That's really? the first release. That's, they never been a Dr. Mario for the Z64. Huh. That's the first. It was, it was ported to the Atari first. Right. But now it's ported to the Z64. That's the first port. Of its yeah. kind. Yeah, yeah, it does look very similar. To the NES version, yeah. First first port of its time, of its kind. Well, very cool. Very nice. We'll see how that I mean uh... finally, finally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, other news from Bitmap Books. The art of the box book. It's now available for pre-order. Out of the box? Out of the box book. Yeah. Okay. What is that about? I mean, box art. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they make books about everything. Yeah, that's true. I guess even I though to... even though I wouldn't buy it, because if I, I want mean... to if I want to have box art, I would go to Lemon sixty four and look at it. <laughs> but well, I... but I mean, I guess there is a story behind the art on the box, so that's really what they're looking at. I don't know. I didn't see the book. I well... can't tell you if that is if that is what what they are after. Okay. They they have some previews of some pages. It looks like just the box art and then some credits. Okay, well. Oh yeah, that's... and some some concept arts as well. Yeah. Oh yes, and some stories. You are right. Okay. Yeah, okay. some yeah. stories. I was gonna say because and you and, know. and some details about box artists and so on. So there's a bit more behind it. Yeah. 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 Right. Whole stories about. Certain box artists. Because there are there's there are certain boxes. I'm gonna grab a thing over here. One of my all-time favorite games on the C64, which is, and I have the box from it because I'm a dork. Um, is Space Rogue, and the nice. dude has just a generic. It's a motorcycle helmet with that uh, someone stuck a, a, an antenna on. He's he's just a dude with a jacket and a scarf. I want to know, like, what went into who this idiot is, 
how what how they exactly they did this like you know like like what's the story with this with this mess and then even on the inside like the you know you, you get your 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 owner's manual and stuff for the for the ship that's not you don't you don't use that ship in the game ever that's not that's not in the game so yeah it's a there's some there are some questionable decisions made in in games like that. There's another one, Sentinel Worlds one, that the cover of the of the cover of the the thing is nothing that happens in the game at all. So you know, it's 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 one of those things nice. where it's it's it, it would be nice to know kind of what the what the story behind it was. So that could be cool. I'm I'm down with that. Anyway, other news: the um, CRX. 2023 will be a virtual event held on October 13th with 15th and more infos about that on crxevent.com um okay. yeah and uh, uh, going back to Jim True the uh, keycaps for the Commodore 64 computer has been shipped now <laughs> I'm picking it up from the postal service tomorrow there's a video I saw of Jan Beta going into them, showing them off. Nice. Because so, I was at Gamescom when they arrived. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Long pause. And and Bill Hurd made a memorial page and referred to it um George Robbins again. Um, I don't... What? <laughs> what? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the... What the, what the, the Bill Hurd Memorial page George Robbins thing Bill, is. Yeah, well, it, George Robbins was a former Commodore worker okay. known as GBR. Okay, okay. okay. And... He, GBR did the Amiga 500 mm. and was a fixture um, at the R&D, so research and development labs in the okay. mid to late years. Okay. So we will link to the memorial page. I, I, I assume he passed away? I guess a, a, a while ago, but oh, okay. um, Bill Hurd just continued to remember him. Okay. Well, that's always good. And last but not least, Lemmings has been released for the Commodore um, Plus 4 computer. So for the three of you that have a Commodore Plus 4 computer, well, you now play in, Lemmings. In the, in the east of Europe, they are very much spread. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be all from my side. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Chernobyl family is waiting. Not not exactly. I don't think they're in Chernobyl. They're they're in the Chernobyl zone, but they are they are waiting for us to talk to them. So awesome. let's let's go in, over there and talk to them. We I, did we even say that we yes we did say that we were talking to them. Um, sure. Yeah. So let's you, go. You over. have been there as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's go and talk to them. And beep, beep. listen boom, to boom. my dog cough and their cat cough. Awesome. So <laughs> bye bye. Bye.
So, <clears throat> today we have another round of our podcast again with two guests this time. And this time it's the Chernobyl family. In the person, in the flesh of the Chernobyl, fam Chernobyl family sounds so terrible. It's like, <laughs> well, that's their name. What what can I do about it? I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like like no, you know. neither, so. <laughs> so um, in the form of Mikaela from Slovakia and Alex from Ukraine, welcome to the show, guys. And. Um, Actually, you have been suggested to me by the YouTube algorithm um, who was like, oh, you like retro computing and old stuff. You might like the Chernobyl family. It was like, yeah, that's yeah. super amazing. Yeah, me um, too. I, that's actually also how I discovered. Yeah. And um, I actually, if I understood correctly, you're actually restoring and taking computers from the Chernobyl site mm. and restoring them, kind of? Not kind of. Yes and no, because... Yes like, and no, okay. Here should be, you know, here you have to understand that before we do research there for more than a decade, and uh, let's say uh, I was always interested in the technology because there's a lot of technological solutions, unique and so on. But the thing is, we we do not take things from the zone because this is a illegal b actually pointless so but what we do we uh use what is there as a references uh to get more information then we contact the scientists who worked back then 30 years ago with that stuff and then using the let's say extensive search across all ukraine we can get you know socket boards there hard drive here, casing there, and then with the original blueprints, we can assemble it back and it works. Because when you see the original technique in the zone, it's mostly absolutely destroyed, it's rusty, it was smashed when the people were leaving, uh, by the purpose it was smashed. So many times you see a, something that is absolutely crashed and uh, find out what it is. And, then continues as Alex said. Mm. On the other hand, it would be difficult as to say, A, it's illegal, and then you have footage on YouTube about it. That would be kind of <laughs> stupid. You well, know? you're allowed to go a certain distance into the, the exclusion zone, right? You just have to monitor levels. We actually, we actually work there, so... Yeah. Uh, let's say uh, our YouTube stuff is more for expressing what they're interested in, but uh, behind that, uh, there were years when we spent inside actually probably more time than outside, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, it is such a place where you really come first time, maybe it's just as a visitor, and then you understand that that is so catchy that you really years pass and you understand you still have so much to understand about this so much to explore and when you start to contact people who really have been in the hottest days that's mind-blowing like about this i will tell you later because literally like what is happening now these days we have amazing meetings i can share about so it's gorgeous so, so is that how that started you have been there on the chernobyl side as tourists first and then you decide like i i stay there 
It's a little bit different. Uh, for example, for me, it was not that I found some side. I basically found people who said, like, listen, come together with us to the Chernobyl exclusion zone. And I said, okay, why not? So I went and uh, then I started to visit it regularly and I stayed. Well, in my case, for instance, uh, like, you know, here is the thing. Uh, I was born in Ukraine. And in the 90s, you, have, you always had a narrative, you know, that this is somewhere there, but everyone refuses to talk about that because the social trauma was very deep. And my parents, for instance, they just refused to talk about that, like it was a repulsive subject. And um, you become curious, you become curious. And uh, like, uh, when I became older, I actually found people who lived there and who said, yeah, it's possibility to visit and we'll show the places where we lived. And that was pretty emotive and personal experience, yeah. All the rest stuff, yeah, that came already later when first I was coming, coming, coming this way, then I started to work there and here we are. And how does somebody from Slovakia come together with somebody from Ukraine and as decides like let's do this together and let's put it on youtube they're and not, they're not that far away yeah i mean okay i mean okay i know what the map looks like but it's not like oh we are not far away let's work together or something it's not it's not that easy right there must be have been some things happening in between that's just what i wonder about I well, sure. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay kidnapping oh uh, we, we met in the zone. Uh, it was not the accident. Um, I came to talk with him because I had some kind of questions that no one else knew. And as he was um, in very gorgeous projects, what I heard about. So I simply asked a few questions and somehow we stayed together. Yeah. Chernobyl connecting people. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I saw reports about it on YouTube before. Um, of the of the site and and there are actually people organizing tourist tours and uh, as a kind of an attraction you know even though it's half illegal to do that so it's it's it, very legal it's, it's legal it's absolutely legal there is legislation about this uh, you can have a license you can run a tour company it's absolutely legal I have to there are of course trespassers to the zone but that's not our stuff that's why their own story, I would say. Interesting, right. interesting. And and how did this turn into a YouTube channel and in an Instagram and stuff? Uh, I will explain very simple. Uh, we personally also guided their people for quite a long time. Uh, it was like one of activities. Uh, but the thing is, don't forget that we are now in a war. And uh, Given that right now we can go to the zone mostly just to deliver aid yeah, or help because there was some extensive damage done, uh, you know, we both have a very strong need to uh, continue share knowledge. So about the zone in general, we talk on our Patreon, but um, that idea about mostly technical stuff for YouTube, that was a long time planet, let's say. So wow. I'm under such unfortunate circumstances right i mean i mean especially um 
if you realize, I mean, I'm one of the few people that that still um, as a child, I remember we had an old uh, Commodore PC from 87, 86, um, a PC 20-3. I still have it in my closet. And one of those computers that had an Ember screen mm. and stuff. But I mean, I mean, obviously many of those videos that you have on your YouTube channel also show those old computers. Of course, the main difference is most of those are all in Kyrillic, and I'm very grateful that you translate everything on the process. I'm like, wow, somebody, you are even taking the time of translating and explaining what you are doing and what's happening right now. I mean, most people that, that do such stuff like content, they just do subtitles and continue talking in, in you know, in their native language. So I'm always I'm always um, happy when when I see somebody doing English content because let's be honest, um, after a few hours we all get tired of reading subtitles. At least that is my thing. I'm, I'm I always have been criticized to to demand English only. <laughs> I like subtitles, but that's just me. It's, yeah. It's it's natural your eyes get more tired when you are looking on the screen and same time reading. Uh, the reason why the many people like me prefer the old types books and uh, then the reading is not, not so much hardcore on your eyes. So, so can you read Ukrainian? Did you learn it on the way? Yeah. That is also something I wondered about because it would be very difficult to always need a translator on the side, right? They make them on your phone. You can just point uh, the phone and stuff. <laughs> many things that I don't understand, I simply ask to translate it into some other languages. I'm speaking quite many. Well, oh. plus in Ukraine, English often is not a problem. So, you know, at home we speak a terrible mixture of oh. Ukrainian, Slovak and English. So it's OK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I totally understand what what you mean. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And about what you said that uh, we explain what we are doing, I would say mm, the reason, one of the reasons. Uh, you know, for me, I'm like a, not a super deep computer like restoration nerd. I'm doing it contextual our subject. So. You know, I personally really share some. I want to share this excitement that oh my god, this shit works finally. You know, so and uh, all this idea is also to show the look and feel because it's obviously very different from most of Western things. Uh, some are pretty the same because they were just cloned, but you know, sometimes it's really different. So you should dive in it and how you can do it if you're not really. A, and the new generation people of my age and younger, I mean, I'm 42 next year, and so old man, old man yeah. And <laughs> um, I still remember those old PCs, as I said, with the Ember screen. But but many new generation younger people they don't even know what a disc is besides a savings icon. So you are also preserving not only the USDDR um, computer history, but also computer history in general for people who would otherwise not even know this stuff existed. Yeah, and, and 
also on uh, just just you know talking about about history and stuff. I mean, this is a a that area is kind of like a, a spot locked in time. And I remember, you know, where I used to live. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I used to live um, on the on, on in a suburb of New York City, and we had these um, uh, Nike bases. They were called. It was it was uh, um, American missiles bases, silos, and stuff. That there, the intention of that was if if a warhead were to be shot, if a nuclear missile were to be shot at New York, these things were supposed to take them down. It would never work. It was an absolutely flawed premise. But that's they were all around the city, um, and even though they were out of operation, like the, the, the buildings and everything were still there up until fairly recently. And it was just like, just to walk through that and look at that stuff and be like, you know, this is like, you know, the, the sixties and seventies and, and even early eighties of like, you know, the cold war, like, like when that still existed, you know, it's like, you know, now it's all been, not been knocked down and people have built houses and stuff there. And, and, but, but you can still kind of go and see where like, like the, the watchtowers platforms were and stuff. And it's, you know like, like it's <laughs> should visit okay yeah you should absolutely yeah yeah i mean it's, it's very much like when we could so yeah that's yeah. interesting for us yeah it's it's they're really cool sites there's a couple of them the one that i i knew of isn't around anymore but there are a few that are still preserved um but yeah i mean just just keeping that and bringing that back you know and 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 kind of turning back the time so people can see like this is kind of you know this is this area at kind of not not entirely as it was it's it's you know but but kind of a, a jump back in time to when did that happen 86 yes no except it happened uh, in april 1986 yeah and you know here i i would add to what you say it's amazing but you say it uh let me you know as an insider give a one more spice here mm -hmm. uh very interesting thing about this zone is that, uh, let's say it's eternal 1986, it's true. It's, uh, but in the meaning that it is not a time capsule, but it's more like a landscape in which you deal and which you develop. Because, uh, you know, people have often have a misconception that Chernobyl zone is such an area which is completely abandoned. There is like barbed wire around. Chicago. You know, people live there, right? Yeah. Yes. But in fact, uh, that's a territory of, of science, of uh, giant amount of people, giant number of people that actually work there. Yeah, and uh, the task changing, technology is changing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but nevertheless, they still are in this environment of this eternal 1986, because it defined the history of this area for hundreds of thousands of years. And you need to live there in the way you can live. You know, you need to work in the way you can work and adapt to this. So, kind yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, and the, the wildlife is amazing. I mean, like, the, the way that, that, that everything, you know, I've seen a few documentaries on it, and I don't know how, how realistic they are. Um, but, you know, the way that, that kind of nature kind of took over a lot of it and, and animals just came back. I see one of your your videos, you know, the the stag beetle, Chernobyl <laughs> native, that is also a native of my backyard in in New Jersey. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's it's it's. Yeah, these guys are big. They're all three inches. Yeah, yeah, they are here too. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, they're giant. 
<laughs> giant and, and and here they don't care if it snows or anything like like they're just you see their their tracks out in like the middle of the winter like i had how why are they out in the winter that makes no sense <laughs> are we now on the discovery channel <laughs> i've got videos man i've got videos of two giant stag beetles making out in the snow in a tree stump that I will probably put right over the video right here while we're talking about it. Nice, nice. And then we then we get then we get flagged by YouTube for inappropriate content. I don't think two <laughs> stag people getting it off is going to be inappropriate. Be careful with that. <laughs> Because it can happen even when you are using stag beetles or some other. That's true. Say the word. That can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, when when this whole thing started, I was super super sure that at some point we would be blocked in certain areas of the world because we did certain interviews and the word war was used and stuff. Nobody cares. I like. Wow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just for the sake of, of of just because we have a chat, I'm going to um insert an image of my stag beetles in the chat. Okay. Making making out in a tree stump in the snow. It's just yeah. it's just it's just an image. Uh-huh. Impressive. Beautiful. Impressive. Beautiful. I don't know why this has any relevance to anything else. Not really. You were talking just about the wild, um, yes, the, the wildlife coming back. Oh, yes, so the wildlife in the zone is uh, so beautiful and rich because very easy. Uh, the main problem for their lives disappeared. There is mm, not not so many people living there. They have much more nature to go around. The nature there is incredible, beautiful. Yes. Uh, starting from the forest area till the meadows or uh, artificial fields, swamps, rivers, riverbanks. Uh, it's beautifully untouched because the re uh, people, when they're coming there, they're there only for visit, a short visit. And the animals, they are their home. and. You know, many times they let you know they are their home. Imagine you are driving a car in the zone, and suddenly from the bush comes out such a giant, giant elk and steps in the middle of the road and starts to watch you. And you right now don't know, should I um, go back or... Um, no, yeah. Do I have enough fuel to round around it? Yeah. I would be scared if I see a three-eyed fish. I don't you, think you're going to see a three-eyed fish, but but deer are scary. As a guy who, who's the front fender of my car was attacked by a deer oh while God. I was driving home, and I have nice. a big old and I, I got it fixed. And then the next week, another deer did the same thing. So I'm like, it's it's fate. It's it's just where the dent's going to be. Anyway, let's let's go back to the original. I, my, my 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 car lost my car lost a duel to a deer twice. So yeah, deer, you know, deer, especially elk, and I don't know if you're talking about like a like a regular deer or like a moose kind of kind of thing. Moose are terrifying, and I know they're in that area. So I mess with either of them because they so will the, they will whip your ass. So the car was dear to you. Oh, the Lord. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, nice. uh, we'll just leave yeah. that one alone. <laughs> <laughs>
I expect I expected this interview will be amazing, but I never expected it for <laughs> hilarious. You know? Yeah. Well, your um, English is really good if you can make jokes in English. That's uh, that's what I learned. Um. Anyway, you, you mentioned earlier that you even interview people that worked on the site back in the day. How does this usually go? Are you like, oh, this is an interesting type of equipment. Let's Google and find out who operated it and then just let write him or her and ask about it? Or what's the process? Uh You know, it depends. A little bit varies, yeah, uh, from situation to situation. Um, like, let's, let's, uh, for instance, uh, look on a, one of the popular videos that we have. You probably have seen there is a yes, eighteen forty one computer, such a personal machine that uh, was used uh, in Pripyat. It was created after Chernobyl disaster. It was deployed many of them in Pripyat, in the Spetsatom enterprise, in Chernobyl town, in power plant. So various stuff we were using. And um, you know, a classical example of ridiculous stories. So I'm uh, making a field research. I'm digging into the rotten documents at the Jupiter factory uh, where Spetsatom has been based. They find a piece of paper where it's written that it was created a system of experimental system of radiation monitoring based on this computer that requires one, uh, let's say, interface card. And I really start to Google. Then I, uh, after Googling, I find references for the books. In the books, I found the name of a developer. Then I, then I Google on a possible website, starting of Academy of Science, ending up with the various uh, just scientific journals, I find the name, I find the institute, and I finally make a call. And uh, I have to say that this perhaps is the easiest part, because um, it's important to understand people who are involved in that. First, they are normally already in age. And second, they have seen much. And With much, I mean like really, you know, not very easy experience, especially if they have been to the zone in 1986, 1988, when it was the harsh time. And uh, it's really sometimes, you know, taking efforts to uh, explain who you are and why you need to bother the past, yeah? even if you need to understand about some particular microchip or some card, yeah, but... It practically always involves in something great, you know, because people want to share. And uh, obvious fact, when all of them will die, they will take their stories with them. And uh, it's a duty of younger generation to save the stories, yeah, and to present them in proper way, because that's a unique experience. So mm -hmm. this, for example, I came to the Institute of Cybernetics of the Academic, uh, Academy of Science. It's a pretty big research institution, uh, created in the 60s by Viktor Glushkov, and there we actually met a developer of one of the interface boards of ES1841. Uh, and uh, it's amazing talk, you know, that evolved very quickly to creation of the laser systems of the Soviet Wi-Fi connections, you know, like prototypes that existed in that time, Sapphire CD disks, you know, and you were just talking about about everything. And so, it's nerding out, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the zone, it's much more easier because uh, it's I'm there already since 2011. And uh, basically, we know each other. Um, 
zone there is a lot of people but you somehow get connected with people you need to be connected and especially when we were have been making this uh, memorial elections uh, we were invited many people uh, also from hard stuff from the power plant so there you meet and there you have possibility to speak kind of off camera and uh, you can agree for example to talk or you ask questions that help you for your another study of another subject so it's much more easier with the zone yeah and plus you know sometimes it's a, a little bit trouble already for me when for example i'm making a call to a serious physicist yeah, who have been developing some really interesting computer system because it was all, all about physics not only about computer science and that situation when uh, a person says, okay, I'm ready to listen, like your questions, and I understand that, you know, uh, Sorry. I, need, I, I, I need to get all my questions, I need to actually, you know, normally I say, please let, let us just first speak, I need, to, uh, I need to understand the scale, let's say, of what you have seen, so I can ask you more. So it's, it's really, it's... One, one day we'll write a book about this, you know, it, it really worth it, like... Uh, Why not? Yeah. You're, you be always... you're just like to read, though, so... Pardon? Sure what did you say? I said Jörg doesn't like to read, though, so just make sure there's pictures. Oh, come on! <laughs> yeah, we can draw it. Yeah. <coughs> we can make a comic book. Yeah, there a we comic, go. A comic book, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from, I mean... Um, when we do those interviews, you, you often have those people saying, oh, it's the past, let it rest, you know. Yeah, that, is, I, that I, is something we, we often get. Can I ask why the subject of, of Chernobyl is, is such a kind of taboo thing amongst the people that worked there? Because you said a lot of people don't like to talk about it, and it's kind of like a, kind of like sort of an, an, an embarrassment kind of. But, I mean, we've seen... You know, the U.S. had Three Mile Island, which was very similar to that. And we saw the the, the plant go in Japan uh, just a few years back, which was way worse than, than Chernobyl was, I think. No. No? No. no. Okay. Uh, I will tell you from a perspective of, once more, of a person who grew in the very late Soviet years and in the beginning of 90s here. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the trouble is what Soviet state made to, to people uh, that if you take Pripyat, for example, uh, like people got evacuated and Pripyat just disappeared from all media, like it never existed. Right, right. In all the articles you could read only the propaganda, how everything will be good, how people will return. And, you know, like, uh, I do not want to go to the, you know, HBO miniseries, but the sentence, what is the cost of lies? Actually, it's a very, very good explanation. So, um, plus, understand one more detail that the, the place where the zone is located, it is not just city of Pripyat, which was mm -hmm. tiny, super modern town. It was also a place where existed more than 90 villages. Many of them had a history of more than six, seven hundred years. So entire culture of northern Ukraine basically got very much disrupted. People would spread. And, uh, you know, the mentality of that region to lose their homes, that was really um, 
especially for the Ghanis, as you said. Old people, some, old people, yeah. Some yeah. are living there, the, mostly they are the grannies uh, or grandfathers who returned around uh, 87, 86, 88 maximum mm -hmm. after 88, nobody really became there. Uh, they are so much connected with the soil, with the houses, because they were born in this house. They lived all their life in that house. They are taking care for the soil. And uh, the connection uh, made, uh, in many cases, such a stress that people who used to be evacuated and who didn't return it, they had a lot of health issues uh, that we cannot see by the grannies who are living in the zone because they are kind of um, blind-minded, they are very uh, nice. They are They're at home. They are, at, they are at home, and those who were evacuated suddenly from the living inside of the house, taking care of the animals, taking care of the plants, uh, suddenly they are in the flight and they don't know what to do. And it is stressful. Uh, suddenly there is too much time, and this uh, feeling that you are not home, um, that, that's, uh, that's very much damaging the health. But I want to just add one sentence that... Uh... This subject is not a taboo. Uh, oh, okay. It was not a taboo even in the 90s. It was a repulsive subject. That's one right, that, yeah, that's, that is the word used. came to the internet epoch, the 2000s, when came people already of younger generation who were interested or those who lived there and who got skills in uh, sharing information in the internet. The social attitude changed. We perceive it as a big tragedy, we perceive it as a big trauma, but it's the thing that we deal now on a normal basis. Yeah, it's no longer no-no, no longer repulsive. We just talk about it, we overcome it. Mm -hmm. Right. You can meet some people uh, from outside of the exclusion zone who never touched the subject, others than they heard about it or someone was affected by it from their family. In this case, it is a no, absolute no. Uh, you can see the such people, you can meet them. But when you say, like, well, I'm working there, that's uh, suddenly such as, what? Continue. I would go open in the dark. Yes, <laughs> people question, oh my God. That's actually an interesting <laughs> question. You say you are working there. So is it your full-time job? Is it what you do for a living? Or is this um, YouTube thing and Instagram thing more as a side project and you are actually real hired researchers for that We need to speak pre-war and pre-pandemic times. Sure. Because we, can, we, have the, we have the time. <laughs> because at that time it was completely different as today. Oh, yes. Uh, so therefore, because of the situation that is in our country, we cannot. Yeah, so now it is main thing is YouTube and Patreon. That's most important. Uh, what we do now there, we do not receive payment for that. Yeah, because it's mostly really like... It's humanitarian aid. Yeah, it's, it's, help. A, it's, it's help. Yeah, help and so on. Uh, somehow like this. Before, yeah, it was it was paid stuff. This, specific position and so on, like it was completely different, but looks like this type going already. So, so what's what's the difference? How I can imagine it? So before the war, you didn't have a YouTube channel and a Patreon, as I said, and you worked there and I was, guiding, was paid well, by well, it. Well, I work, 
I was guiding people, I was making uh, research work, uh, collecting information. But there is also a thing, uh, when I say research work, it not always means that you really need to roam exactly in the area. 50% time is sitting in archives, you know, so you get the hints on the place, you go and find uh, where information is existing. That's, uh, basically, it's like a documenting of this, this environment. How much terabytes of uh, content we have? Six or seven on the images, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, my list is completely full already. And, yeah. uh, I'm thinking what to delete and I'm already deleting personal stuff. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, and, and, and we can we can take this off uh, if Jörg isn't is comfortable with having this in the actual podcast, but but how has the the um, the war affected that. I know that that Russians were kind of trenching into the Chernobyl area, and and at least from from the U.S., we were like, "What are they doing? Like they're digging into the soil with like like just just kind of hanging out there." And like, do they not understand what they're doing? Uh, gentlemen, you know, I will tell you like that. Uh, that thing is uh, pretty. Um small thing comparing to the bigger damage that was done because I, yeah i can imagine yeah. Right, because before all the zone is a very big technological complex there is a special enterprise chernobyl nuclear power plant there are numerous special enterprises in the town of chernobyl and uh, for example there is a central analytics laboratory one of the most sophisticated in the world that can analyze radioactive materials so those guys basically uh, you know, they just came, and uh, after one month of presence, he, or everything was stolen, or everything was damaged. Yeah, like... But detailed information, of course. So. Yeah, you can find it in unofficial sources, because here is some, let's say, authorization stuff. But you can you can just Google, and you can see the pictures of the damaged equipment. Even on our channel, we have a video of it's just a few bits of evidence. Yeah, like... Right. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Helping to bring computer equipment, you can see there are racks with the Cisco switches with just, the, and the ports are just destroyed, switches on the place, but, so, the strategy, as it feels, was to apply the maximum damage, yeah, maximum damage, uh, and to disrupt as much as possible, so, that pretty long process of recovery is still needed, a lot of people helping, it's a big work. Big work. Yes, Big, yes it is. The main, 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 main product of the zone is the safety, the barrier function, yeah, and it was disrupted. So now it's restored, but still we have certain standards and it should be. Mm. So, so if I understand correctly, before the war you basically have been a tourist guide and also doing research on the site, and now you are instead nowadays concentrating on getting income using Patreon and the YouTube channel. And, and providing aid to the people in within the zone. And restoring, as I said, what was destroyed by the intruder. Did, oh. did, uh, did we summarize that well? Not only, it's only a part of everything what we yeah. do. We have um, a lot of projects ongoing, which are, uh, let's say, not yet announced. And, uh, ah, secret, okay. <laughs> to understand uh, if it is even possible to finish them, because some of them are, I would say, kind of 
megalomaniac. And um, <coughs> I'm working on translation of my book because I wrote a book in Slovak language back in the days and I want to bring it to the wider audience. Um, we are making a um, lot with this, uh, like you saw, the videos before, uh, compassion before and after, therefore we need to look exactly on this one old, old photo and make it completely towards it, pixel to pixel. No, or if a little bit shorter, I would say simpler. Right now, the unfortunate circumstances actually uh, made 100% of our time is actual research work. So from the field stuff, it turned it to the paper stuff, to the technical stuff. Uh, it's working with accumulated data, but still 100% of our time basically still processing the information about history of that area. So like that. Or sitting together with weird people asking strange questions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> They are real, it's not AI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's, it is real. Um, well, the thing is, I mean, you didn't really do any interviews before this one, right? I mean, you didn't really go out much in public and talk to the media. Perhaps I didn't see it because... Are we I media? <laughs> we are cryptic. <laughs> Uh, on the anniversaries, usually we had okay. interviews, uh, as in Slovakia, so in Ukraine. Yeah. So basically not in English. No, no not in English. I'm just curious, uh, does he want to say that our English is very bad? Yeah? Or, or no, 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 everything, everything is fine. You, I mean, you, you, you don't know that, but um, I would say 50% of our job is finding people who want to do the interview, and the other 50% is convincing them that you, your English is no, fine, no, don't I, worry. I, I'd say it's probably more like 80%. <laughs> oh, perhaps, okay, perhaps 80%. Because many people are like, my English is too bad, I won't do interviews in right, English. But, but they say it in, in such a way, they'll be, they'll be like, they'll get on the, the microphone, they'll be like, like, yeah, I really can't do this interview because my English is too terrible. And it's like, dude. You just said that in perfect English, like, like, how yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah, and fine. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's like nobody cares about the accent as as long as everybody is understandable. It's fine, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we even had this situation where once we brought a translator and after the second oh. questions, they were like, oh, this is too complicated. Let's do it straight in English. So yeah. And yeah. they're like, why did we bring a translator even, you know? <laughs> I think she piped in maybe twice just to just, yeah. to, just like, to clarify something. But otherwise, yeah, it was yeah, a like, waste of time. Why is that even, so why was that even a requirement, you know? <laughs> so, um, and when, so you were pretty easy to convince. And so <laughs> we yeah. can't complain okay. here. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Yeah, usually it's a lot of convincing, you know. Yeah, I can understand this. Uh, it's uh, not usual for people to talk outside when you are, especially if you are too deep into the research and uh, you see maximum your family, husband, kids, <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> and that's all. And then you see new people you really don't know, like, oh, um, how do I even talk normally? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. It's it's super interesting. I mean, I th I think I've never seen anything similar on YouTube before. But other people going into research like you are going in this um, topic. Perhaps I'm wrong, but but at least I think you are pretty unique. Yeah, I can tell you why. Um, when you start to dig into the archives. After first time when you see the archive, how it looks, old card system, it's not... Um... Don't use word what you want to say, they can confuse the algorithm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> very, very old, very old system. And to find there the information is super hard. And then you need to search for it inside of these books that the lady brings you. You ask for 50 books, she brings you 10 because... And you cannot stop, you cannot stop, you cannot stop, you know. This is not work for everyone. It's the same like with the mathematics, not everybody likes it. It's same like explaining the physics, what is going on in the zone. Um, not everybody likes it, not everybody likes to hear it, but it's a part of it, you need to tell it, you need to explain why we do what we do. Yeah, especially, you know, it gives additional context uh, to hardware that you eventually see. For example, you know, a little bit, um, just for a second, returning to a question about the interviews, yeah? For instance, we have a, um, a review, one of the old videos from last year, uh, a review of the um, better radiometer that allows to analyze the uh, volumetric activity of liquid or gas or whatever. So I literally two weeks ago, I had a talk with one of the scientists who explained to me that using exactly this device was created the entire methodology, for example, of measuring the uh, contamination of milk and food products for entire Soviet Union. It was created wow. in two weeks. So we actually thinking, you know, and how it was integrated with computer systems also. So, you know, uh, sometimes we really need to look from a different side and that side, it gives you a bigger picture. And sometimes this picture is mind blowing. So that yeah. is the case, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Have you ever been in a situation where you you um, ran on an end on a on a wall where people were like, no, I will not help you. You are on your own on this one. Right, I don't know. What was the expression you just used? I mean, hit a wall. Okay. You said finding an ant on the wall. And I was no, like, no, 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 no. I mean, that, that is no, what he said, I, I, isn't it? I did. I didn't. Did I say ant? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah, you, not. Hopefully yeah, you, not. you were talking about how an ant crawling on a wall, and I was like, no, no. What? I mean, I mean, where you hit an ant. Oh, an ant. Okay, okay. Yes. I got you. I got you. Against, because you hit against a wall, and not the animal, but. <laughs> Well, in my case, I honestly cannot cannot recall uh, like firm no towards uh, towards the questions. There were like let's say situations when I stopped myself to ask when I felt that you know either person will feel not good if you start to dig. You know that's that's already nothing. It's like more some self control about this because again we do the sensitive subjects sometimes. So. Um, you definitely no, 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 
Herman said no. Herman said no. Well, yeah, well, once he said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but otherwise, uh, mostly people would like to share because uh, when you start to explain why you need this, uh, they start to be interested. Like, wow, all the knowledge, all the my memories are coming back, and um, I can I can say it to someone. It's very important to let the this old generation say their story. Yeah, I remember, I remember a call to one of the developers. Uh, no, I wrote the email to one of the developers of certain uh, computer stuff that we reviewed. I, and um, in approximately three minutes, I received a call from him uh, where he says, uh, young gentleman, I want to warn you, it is impolite to uh, do like this to the old people because I, I could get a heart attack. I have seen all my young, young age in front <laughs> oh, of God. The subject of your email. I didn't see this words already 30 years, you know, so be careful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another thing. You know. Yeah, we, we found often it's surprising to us that that, you know, people will say, how did you get this guy as a guest? How did you get this guy? And it's like, well, do we ask them? <laughs> and, you know, that, that's. But this is true. But this is true. Yeah. You know, many people, they actually afraid mm -hmm. just to go in the in simplest way you just ask yeah mm, mm. You, you, you just be honest you know right. Explain why do you need that and if, if you're honest it will work it's, it's simple <laughs> so and and the second thing is people often tell us like there's no there's no um there's no good in trying because people in that region don't speak english so <laughs> i'm like oh well, boy, I tried anyway, uh, because I was like, e even back in the day, people didn't constantly um, uh, run around with a translator on their side. So there must be somebody who knows English. And in most of the cases, uh, anyway, in all cases, we can um, get a translator that just doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so I see the I see the parallels here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have no translator. Yeah, we have no translator. Yeah. So. <laughs> awesome. So, 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 um, you mentioned there are some projects you can't talk about. Now the question is, are there some projects you can talk about? <laughs> um, probably. Uh, yes, and they will be interesting. Uh, so, so, so far on the roadmap. Let's say we have uh, four projects. Uh, the first one that will come very, very soon, uh, I believe really like next month it will be already out. Um, we want to restore the very first robot that was created at the power plant. So that was actually a toy tank. A toy tank which was re-engineered completely with the attached cameras, thermal detectors, radiation detectors, and... Uh, there so far exists only two steel frames from a lost video where you can see that. But I already contacted one of the biggest collectors of the Soviet toys in Ukraine who already helped me to find exactly the chassis for it. So there will be a thing and it will work and it will run and soon it will be on YouTube. Uh, I believe in August it's going to be out. It's super cute. Yeah, um, this small approximately, I don't know, camera. Yeah, this small. 
just tiny and uh, fully functional. Well. It was beautiful because really you see it only as a, as a glimpse as the uh, movie goes. And if you pause it in the correct moment, you could pause it for this little guy. And it was kind of cute, I would say. Uh, I hope, um, you know, I see always the, something that is cute and I say like, oh, listen, this is uh, But here is also a, a very descriptive thing in, in, in general, in about the, all our work, because given that uh, we deal with the specific time period, yeah, where it was created originally, and that it was made in the conditions of planet economy that had the limitations of what it produces. Uh, sometimes using the blurry image, you can really identify, you know, that this component is this, this connector could be only this, and like, you know, JPEG will not prevent to make the less more exact copy. So that's one of the things. Uh, then uh, we are going to rebuild a bigger scout robot. Uh, that thing requires pretty much engineering. We are in a, I would say, research stage because we actually met a person who worked with that robot originally. So um, the question is some things no one already remembers, for example, which motors were used there and so on. But we will figure out, we already have some components. That thing is big, it's approximately 100 kilograms. Uh, if you watch it, our video about this giant CCTV cameras that yes. were around, so right, they are yeah. carrying exactly this type of camera plus special detectors, and that will work. Uh, <clears throat> so that was two projects. The, the third project we are announced, and it's slowly going um, because. Actually, one of the biggest uh, things that I always were interested in the zone was a Duga over the horizon radar. And uh, that is the thing of which we will make a documentary about. Uh, wow. Yes, it will be something really outstanding in the documentary because let's say we learned much in the case. Uh, but besides, uh, there was uh, in 1984, two years before disaster, they had to install there a new mainframe to which uh, they wanted to move the algorithmic processing of the actual operative data they, could, they would get from the antenna. Uh, this job was never finished and these machines they had destroyed. So with the help of one of our friends uh, in Odessa, so in the south of Ukraine, uh, we could get actually the, exactly the same control panel as was on this mainframe. So awesome. in, in the zone, it's totally rusty. It looks like IBM 370, basically. So this big, you know, giant one. And it's absolutely intact. And uh, there were only 300 of them existing. Uh, likely this one is the last in the world. So the question to make it alive, you know. Yeah, try to wow. find documentation for it. <laughs> Well, actually, the documentation is laying on my fridge already. Already. So, yeah, so yeah. you could find. And the last thing, um, that's a little bit spoiler, because uh, very soon uh, there will be a long-awaited episode about Scala computer that controlled the reactors. So the thing is, uh, it's possible to find a video on YouTube uh, called The Last Signals of Reactor 4. Uh, any power plant engineer will say that this didn't look like this because there were no displays. There was a teletype. And of course, there were no uh, so short messages. So the thing is, we found exactly the same type of a teletype. 
like had to be back then. And our idea eventually to simulate the last signal, so unit four. I don't know if it will work or not, but that will be also a big thing we want to make. And um, as a side stuff is going on, translation of some rare Hartley mm -hmm. Gate documents and books or parts of the books with the yeah. commentary, what it means, which part, because many things are kind of hardcore to explain the people who are uh, not using the abbreviation or are not directly from the zone. Yeah, so on Patreon we have a lot of that, yeah. So that means you have enough tasks for the, the second half of your lifetime. Or another lifetime even, I mean... Uh, uh, do, do you want to say that we are going to live just half a year? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I mean, four projects in in uh, in parallel that's a lot of stuff for two people Maybe are two. <laughs> it is a lot of stuff but um it is, it is motivating when you see how good something is going then uh, you really don't want to throw away everything what's not going yes the translation so good <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so here is the thing that it is not like uh, if I would do some hardware project, yeah, they would just grab components and start to solder them right away. Here, <coughs> it's like with that computer panel, for instance. Okay, I got a panel, I clean it, I solder it, 200 wires, then I need to sit in the libraries for three months, you know, it's not physical work already. Right. Because uh, if you would deal with something really standard, it would be one thing. And here is a lot of digging, 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 digging. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. We, we can actually spare the time, you know, and handle them. And, and another another thing, uh, if you really want to understand the zone uh, and study it completely, you will need more than one lifetime. That's uh, such wow. a lot of information. <laughs> now I wonder. Now I wonder that you you do recreation, uh, re refurbishing, and reassembling old computers, and well, as I said, other machinery and terminals, cameras, etc., etc. Is there any long-term plan? What do you want to do with that? I don't know. Build a museum with all that stuff working and showing to the generations afterwards, or will it be in your in your house? <laughs> and and you 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 maybe the you, house is the museum. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Yes, sometimes I feel so. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, I will say like that. Uh, there are two possible ways that can go actually parallel. So, um, in fact, we don't need to to create a new museum because in Kiev there is uh, also Museum of Chernobyl. Uh, so some things we actually already donated there. There is, for example, a review of few dosimeters that went there, and uh, we'll very gladly uh, give it there. Yeah. Uh, then there are a few private uh, computer museums. For example, there is a museum of uh, Kharkiv Software and Computer Museum that now also has branch in Kiev. So uh, we arranged already agreed that uh, the mainframe panel will be dis on display there when they will be ready for this and we will be ready. As for robots, <coughs> as for robots, I really hope from Museum of Chernobyl is an awesome interactive exhibit because they make sometimes events dedicated to robotics when developers come and why not to actually have it? Yeah, so and... we'll be very glad. And one more thing besides all of that, we actually um, 
um, as for future generations, we would uh, want to as much as possible to preserve the digital history of all of that. Uh, documentation plus translating of that. So like we have a said about translating of the books and so on, you know, uh, we have a lot of documentation scanned on Patreon. We have books scanned and translated. Well, not scanned, but just translated. And um, that's the same, you know, like the, the greatest thing is to hunt for the original software. Oh, yeah, 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 that yeah. would be absolutely interesting. Uh, something that will be preserved in a digital form uh, that this will never fade away. That's a good that's a good uh, segue because, you know, the, the software is kind of what makes the machines, you know, do what they want to do, uh, you know, uh, in, in a lot of Europe and a lot in, in, in North America. A lot of that software has been preserved. We had we had um, here in the US, we had Q-Link, Quantum Link. It was like a like AOL. I don't know if you know what AOL is. It's terrible. Um, but a lot of stuff was stored on that and then that got stored elsewhere. So there's a lot of a lot of software that y'all like just you can just find on the internet on the Wayback Machine. Ah, I was looking I was thinking what you were looking at on the software side. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Just because you did that. Oh, now, now he's showing his stock. I know. Yes, it. I have to do this every time. I, every I try to get him in every episode. Oh, hello, my buddy. He's so sweet. You know, in regards of the Chernobyl software, here is a pretty interesting thing that uh, many applications they were created only for a very specific purpose, uh, mm -hmm. for a, use it for very very short period of time, and. Uh, that's basically lost wear quite often. Right, right. But uh, from them remain it uh, sometimes, so let's say, screenshots yeah, or <coughs> printouts that we can find in literature. Uh, so I have such idea that at some point I will do. Um, I actually want to make a demo application. <coughs> it will be DOS, DOS application because most of them are also DOS. Excuse me. And um, basically, that a user will be able to get a look and feel. Yeah. So these interfaces, they will not be really functional, but you will be able to see how did it look back then. Yeah. So, so kind of a Chernobyl nuclear plant simulator for home use. You know, there was a Chernobyl yes. simulator on the C64, and I could never get it to, I could never get it to melt down. Of course, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, he's about the on Commodore. There yeah. is, um, I need a Commodore for this. I don't have one. Well, uh, once I was playing such a simulator for the nuclear reactor, and I was thinking, what a cool game, how realistic it looks, and like, let's go harder and let's go harder, like, let's try to melt it down. It was really hard to make it yeah. down. And then I find out that uh, in the end, when I reading because I was surprised for a game that is like 300 pages manual that was somehow that was not okay and I find out that in reality it's not a game uh, it's a simulator for the nuclear trainees uh, yeah oh they, really but it was a funny game uh, there exists a DOS application and a Windows application specifically for a modernized version of RBMK reactors that you can really train how to control them yeah, on, in the various roles of the stuff. Uh, the same exists for any for BVRs, for anything. Yeah, sure so, yeah, so. And, and 
And how do you manage? Because because uh, one of the things that we've got, you know, like like with the with the Commodore sixty four, the 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 chips in there, you know, there is a like like the the audio chip, the SID chip. There is a sor- a shortage of those, and they're disappearing for you know long. You know, the the, the longer we go, the the less there are. Um, and you know, here we've gone to people have 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 programmed FPGAs to to simulate to emulate them. They've gone into software emulation using other hardware. How are you guys like like working with these chips that haven't been in production for 30, 40 years? <laughs> uh, it's I would say it's a magic of a place. Um, eBay. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, you see, the, the, the thing is, we deal mostly with the Soviet chips, yeah, uh, back in the Soviet time we had a microchip production straight here in Kiev, uh, like, uh, uh, for example, Kvazar factory, Electron Mash factory, all that, um, it was not competitive when Soviet Union collapsed, but the thing is, they produced a hell lot of them. And uh, it's not a real trouble to buy, for example, 8086 clone nowadays for, say, uh, 20 cents. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you have no ship shortage on the old, on the old stuff. Um, but, 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 well, there was a very funny situation when um, sometimes, um, you know, when we deal with not, not a clone chip, but some really proprietary chip was made by uh, Soviet industry and there existed such chips. Uh, sometimes appear very funny situation because we actually have uh, a big electronics market in Kiev where still there are sellers who back then accumulated big stashes of that and I like, uh, was looking for a specific gold, uh, gold chip with white ceramic which was proprietary and he just looking and saying, only one question, for what do we need a chip that would be normally used for some, you know, like, let's say, multi-general purpose, and then explain for home computer, I said, oh, you are a lucky guy, you know, it has, it seems it has only two applications, and I have seen it last time in 20 years. So with this stuff, uh, that's really, Trouble. That's really trouble, but it's very rare. Normally, it's not a problem. That market is absolutely. If you will ever go to visit Kiev, you have to see yeah. because that's a real cyberpunk there. Yeah, it's really, you know, like uh, there is a video on our channel about this market. Unfortunately, I came there. Uh, it was a trouble. We had multiple attacks on our energy infrastructure, so people were running on generators. And uh, literally, we could have energy uh, four hours. We have four hours. We don't have. There, most of closed. But in normal time, uh, you know, that all would be open, and there will be chances. For example, bright LEDs or neon tubes, you know, and that really looks like uh, something from William Gibson. Right. With the old cables hanging yeah. from these containers, it's really. Mm. Place. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, one second, AJ. Perhaps you should have a look after your dog because it will be a problem yeah. because we have sneezing know, yes. or something I have, all the time. I have, I have my dog, and then I have also a coughing dog that is laying in yeah. her bed. Yeah. And so yeah, just she's asking. Been doing that all, uh, she's been doing that the whole recording. Oh, well, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I think it's been. 
it's been pretty good. But because got, now it's, it started out. started getting worse. Um, anyway, th there was one comment you did, Michaela, that was um, you have so much photos and material <laughs> that you don't know um, where to store it. Did you think because AJ mentioned it uh, mentioned the Wayback Machine? Did you think about cooperating with the Internet Archive actually? In fact, um, I didn't thought about this uh, due to the problem that many of my photos were stolen in the before, uh, in the past, and stolen by, stolen by people. So um, therefore, I am kind of uh, having it on my own cryptic disks for now. And what will be later, I don't know. Depends on the quantity that I will be able to take, uh, because that's a very good question. When I will return to the photography uh, inside of the general exclusion zone. Uh, see, Most I, probably after the war. I would add you on the one thing, uh, the picture itself, any generic picture is amazing thing, but uh, much more important to add a certain commentary to it, you know, and uh, that, that, that really defines much. So we still need to find the proper format. She made an amazing book, for example, <coughs> for now just in the Slovak, yes, no, but you'll be in English. That's attempt of giving such things, for instance. Hmm. I've just mentioned it because we had um, the Internet Archive as guests also for our podcast a few years ago, and their uh, their storage is endless. Seriously, I mean, they they would host really anything. I mean, they even scan books and stuff. So maybe we should consider. That's a really good idea. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, there was um, one of our patrons on Patreon. He um, actually uh, created the, uh, how, how to call it, a, a folder on the archive org for the rare documentation and to check how, uh, how it is going because last time it was again inaccessible. But the idea is very good, actually, yeah, to uh, to, to to really store it in one place, especially documentation, especially technical things, because to find them is is something. Yeah, and, and actually, the interview was with Jason Scott, who is head of archiving, so he is actually the main responsible person to archive anything for the Internet Archive. So. Yeah. Uh, is it possible then? I will need to look, watch if it's uh, already somewhere too possible to see. I would like to see this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, there. it was it was an audio version, no video, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but but. That's that's perfect for me. I can do something with my hands and listening to it. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're just very good at connecting people, so. Yeah, I I know a lot of people. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you things, yeah. things, things. You know, and it's it's also interesting talking about research and stuff. I mean, when people are in my living room, I mean, you see an arcade machine behind me. Question number one is always, does this stuff work? And I'm like, of course it works. I wouldn't put anything broken in, in my living room, never you know. never on. I've never seen it work. Well. Oh, wow. Well, actually, we, we see some trees behind you. Trees? Oh, are you still in... Uh... They're still in um, the get together view, I guess. Well, perhaps they are, but but I'm I'm not. Well, I mean they can they can switch it. It's okay. I can see you. Oh, can I? Ah, whatever. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I had us with some. I think I saw us with rocks when I joined the call. Jesus. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe like this. Ah, oh, yeah, that's much better. That's much better. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the arcade cabinet that allegedly worked, but I've never seen it work. Well, we've been it, doing it this for how many years have we been doing this now for? Like, like, like this, eight? The podcast? Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. Okay. Nine years. Nine years. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Anyway, so interesting interesting well thanks for talking to us about about this thing um i will definitely make sure to send you the link to the archive interview thank you thank you very much yeah where can people go to find out about what you're doing and and where they can follow along and join your patreon and youtube and all that stuff it's, um... you know, for us the most important that what we do is needed for people because that was always about this so if someone will find something really unique we hope uh, it will be amazing so can you tell us what for the listeners watchers what what are your main social channels uh, our social channels for now is just YouTube. Also, um, uh, we have uh, Instagram, but I relatively rare use it. Uh, but it will be better, actually. And also, we just started TikTok. Also, oh, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are mostly for tiny, tiny pieces of videos uh, and, and the Patreon. So that's our channel. Awesome. And they are all under the uh, nickname Chernobyl family? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will put links to everything in the podcast description below. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time. Super yeah. interesting talking yeah, to you guys. Yeah. 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 Very thanks. happy we could make this happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Anytime. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.